Talking Circle Studio. We were in the car. We were tripping balls, and right, we, right. we both thought we saw a, a midget, and uh, we were like <laughs> giggling and laughing. And a thinking, short person. Oh, yeah. A short person. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm me too. But um, like, so then we start playing. We start playing with the uh, short person, and uh, and you know we're taking his clothes off and like uh, tossing it back and forth and stuff and like giggling to each other, right? And, and then my friends come back and to check on us so we could like leave and they open the door and like all the girls and the guys like they start screaming and we're like what and this like this midget a uh, uh, short yeah, person that's fine. Uh, you can go uh, he, like runs out of the car screaming and just runs off into the dark and it turns out a, a actual midget was trying to like rob us in the car while we were like you know uh, finishing party and we thought we were seeing something and you guys were like we basically molested a, a little person <laughs> yeah. And, and like everyone was like, like what I is bet going that on? wasn't what he was thinking was going to happen yeah. when he was going to rob you. Right? Yeah, I will see. I mean, we, like, does he rob people? Is he successful at that? By well, any chance? I guess he's never going to do that again. Probably not. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this is just a preview of what we got for the rest of the show oh, today, folks. So stay tuned, everybody. Welcome to the Terminally Unique Podcast. My name is Dean. And what's your name, sir? I am Dr. John Smith. Dr. John! At he's least back! that's the name they gave me when I was in witness protection. Right. It kind of stuck, so yeah. I kept it. So Yeah, no one, no one, it's really nondescript. I get it. I get yeah. it. You know what? I'm I'm so happy that we got we got you to come back on. I fooled you. I tricked you. I said there was a bunch of money here, and uh, he got here, and I locked the door behind him. So I'm, I'm trapped, so I gotta I gotta work my way out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thank you for coming on the I'm show. We have a really to be back. Thank yeah, you. we have a really special show today. Uh, I have I have two doctors in the house. I got a doctor of psychology over here as my co-host, and then I got a doctor, a, a medical doctor, on a on, real doctor. Uh, well, a different doctor, a bio, biological <laughs> doctor. How about that? <laughs> today so uh we're we were we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, we're gonna kind of delve into like maybe get in the weeds a little bit about maybe about how how biology works and maybe the intersection of addiction and Ooh. and you know i don't know we're one of just my gonna, favorite topics yeah right up my alley yeah. too yeah right so that's why i brought you guys on because i don't have to do anything though. that's right you just, you just <laughs> you just look intelligent over that's there. right that's, that's right. right i'll take pictures okay. that's that's all i'm doing uh, but first, before we go do that, first you got to tell me how you're doing. How's 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 uh, everything going? Everything is going well since I was here last. I'm uh, still on the you know working from home more than I'm going into the office, but uh, that seems to be working okay for me. That's, yeah, that's, I think things are going to open up a little bit more in the next few weeks. Uh, going back to school and stuff. So are you uh, are you you got some big plans though coming up? Well, so you're going to make me say it, aren't I kinda, you? I kind of, I kind of want to. All say right. It. <laughs> well, okay. So, so uh, I am going to at the end of this next semester at school, which would be the end of June. So probably somewhere between the end of June and July, 
I am going to retire. Oh my gosh, you're too young to retire. I am, and so I don't <laughs> like see that. myself retiring and doing nothing. Right. I probably will continue to do some things that I want to do, but right. I think it's time to, to do that. I'm also going to be moving back to my home state of Indiana and wow. uh, Indianapolis, and that's where my family is. So going to go watch the Colts live. I said I bought season tickets already. <laughs> well, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, here we go. Here we go. You know the what? The trash talking <laughs> has started. The medical doctor. Doctor can get his shit. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The trash talking. So that's my big announcement wow. for those that know me and are listening. If you didn't know that already, that's uh, that's, that's happening. Yeah, well, I'm scared to death. So yeah, um, it's a big change and yeah, and a lot of unknowns and it's just uh, getting the ball rolling. You know, like it's funny. Uh, I ever since I got sober. I mean, not ever since, but it seems like when I'm when I'm really doing the the stuff I'm supposed to be doing to stay healthy mentally, like uh, change, uh, change was very very scary for me before. It's less scary for me now. And when I actually talk about the change, whatever it's going to be, and and I reflect on the change that's happened in my life in the last ten or eleven years, it's like wow. Like everything, every time it's changed, it's been sometimes it's been hard, but it's always been good, man. And mm-hmm. so like. If it keeps going this way, like I'm, I'm going to start loving change eventually. I think I don't know. Hopefully, well, I would say this. My experience is, is some changes have been uh, painful, and yeah. some have been uh, forced. I, I will say that people tend to hold on to things a lot longer than they should, and that's sometimes what hurts is when you have to really break it, break that hold, and yeah. just move it. And most of the things that have ever happened to me that were uh, felt awful at the time, uh, have always turned out to be maybe the best things that ever happened. So growth moments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I want to talk about that later. You guys, when we're talking about the brain okay. and, and, and growth, but first, but before first. we go any further, we have to go, we have to talk about our sponsors because they're awesome. And they're the reason that I can keep doing the show and Yay, inviting sponsors. people here and locking them you know, locking them in. Yeah. Uh, we have the Duckyard Coffee House in Van Nuys. Uh, they have the best coffee in the San Fernando Valley, hands down. Like they curate their coffee. They have like, you know, they have, they have everything you can think of and they have like a Cybels and they have paninis and they got a bunch of cool, mm. they got a bunch, bunch of great food there. Uh, they're really big fans of the show. Uh, Julie, Really, really pretty girl. She owns a place, so you know. Of course, I give her a discount for yeah. for the um, yeah for the spot. You know, I pay her, but right. whatever. Um, and <laughs> and uh, and Lewis, her husband, who's uh, who's you know, he's he's a nice guy. Yeah, like, I gotta okay. say, he's it. okay. He's all right. He's all right. I'm gonna go. I'm yeah. gonna go say he's okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, please go out and visit them. That'll that'll support the show. Let them know that uh, Terminally Unique Podcast sent you there. Um, and then we have Inspector Dre. That's right, Inspector D R E H uh, on Instagram. He is an inspector for MMA fights. He is a barber galore. He is. Um, what else does he do? Oh, and he, of course, he has Dre Talks. He's got the podcast on the Talking Circles, uh, Talking Circles Studio Network. That um, he has. That uh, he's just been doing. I think he's done three, four shows already now. So. Um, if you want to, if you want to hit him up, he does some great barbering in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, he's on Instagram and he is just a, a really good guy. So that is the spots for right now. I'll probably mention them at the end of the show again, but, uh, I want to introduce this guy. I've known this guy for a few years. 
one of the one of the coolest uh, coolest cats I think I've come across in a long time. You know, whenever I think of a a, a, a doctor, a medical doctor, a medical doctor, I always think <laughs> of uh, I always think of you know kind of a pain in the ass, high strung. You know, they they it just mm-hmm. I have this 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 thing in my head. And when I met this guy, and he told me he was a uh, he, he was you know a doctor i was like are you are you sure you know <laughs> you're way too cool to be a doctor you know <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah and, and uh yeah without further ado man thank you for coming on the show of course thank you for having me dean and uh it's nice meeting you john yeah. and uh that was that was cool that uh, i was gifted your book you know right before i met you um so can't wait that, to read that, that was yeah the last time i was on the show we talked a lot about my book the authentic man, man. a guide to happiness and purpose and yeah uh just so happens that uh, this guy was given a copy of it so he's yeah he's gonna get the I, I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on it will do when the do universe it. works in mysterious ways it, yeah you know? that's that's what i noticed yeah i'm just like uh i i see it every day I, I think as long as your mind's open up to it you know you can you can see these things but yeah. um and oh i it it's so funny that um I've known you for what, like four years? Yeah, I think yeah, like four, four years. years yeah. And I still fuck up your name. Anand. Yeah. Oh, I call him Anand. I call him Anod. I call I call him all kinds of shit. And, and yeah. like, and he just rolls with it. He just yeah. knows that I'm talking about him. Yeah, so. I've been called worse. You know, just like <laughs> uh, it's all good. Yeah, one of my buddies, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna see, uh, I'm gonna see Anod, and he's like, who? I'm like, you know, Anod, the dude we were with. He goes, you mean Anand? I'm like. Uh, whatever yeah yeah that's it spell, <laughs> spell that for me a-n-a-n-d oh okay so I got it called, doesn't help i got called otis and, uh, and, and. otis otis yeah that was a new one to me that is crazy my my midwestern pronouncement would be an and yeah i've heard that too oh man so like you know i i i wanted to bring you on the show we had a pretty good conversation the other night kind of about talking about some of the stuff that that interests me, which is the brain and, and its intersection with psychology. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we, we were, we were talking about was just, I was like, man, this is like a really good topic for a show. Would you come on? And, you know, luckily you said yes. So otherwise I didn't have any other guests. So. I yeah. Was- <laughs> I love this topic. Like psychology is the brain and the mm-hmm. brain is psychology. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, they say space is the final frontier, but uh, oh, no, I yeah. think the final frontier is to the mind. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all up into neuroscience and understanding how the, the mind works. And, right. Yeah. So it's like, uh, this is a topic that can, you know, it's, uh, you, you start delving into one aspect of how the brain works, you know, when it comes to either depression, anxiety, like addiction. Um, and, you know, you realize how it correlates to, you know, everyone mm-hmm. and, uh, it spills over and how these pathways and structures are just common. Um, and you know, you being the expert in psychology, you know, you'd agree that it's like, uh, the, the mind is, you know, it's just the most powerful tool, um, for, you know, either digging ourselves into a hole (laughs) or or building up to the stars. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you can be, I mean, I think that's sometimes what what makes recovery really great, at least for me, you know, like, I mean, you're talking to a guy that was, you know, had his, his wife arrested. I mean, I didn't have her arrested. I mean, the, the things that I did got her arrested when she wasn't doing anything wrong. I ended up in prison. I lost custody of my child, um, you know, completely broke, no, 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 nothing to my name. And, and, and going through all that, 
and to where I am today, even though it's like, you know, it's not, it's not the Taj Mahal where I live, but you know, right. it's, it's an apartment and I'm paying for it and I have my own car uh-huh. and I have a job and I'm helping people. I'm doing those things I want. Like to me, that's like a, that's like huge that I, I never would have thought that I could be here today. Right. And, um, and that's all built a brick at a time, like through the, right. through those pathways, mm-hmm. you know, it's to knowing that you can, you know, maybe disassembling some of the some of the old. Uh, I was just going to say that, yeah. Sometimes we have to tear down some of those bricks and walls that we put up, or somebody put up for us. Right. You right. Know, a lot of those we didn't. You know, we didn't put those there. We weren't. We weren't authoring our own story at that time. So. Right. Yeah, we kind of built these pathways that were that were to nowhere, mm-hmm. and so we had to kind of back out of these pathways and kind of build our forge a new path. You know, which right. is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had, I read this quote today. I don't know why I put it here, but I want to read it before we go too far, we too far. And then you, maybe you guys can make sense of it. The key to could, <laughs> the key to good decision-making is not knowledge. It is understanding. We are, su- we're swimming in the former. We're desperately lacking in the latter. And that's by Malcolm Gladwell, Ooh. one of my favorite authors. Um, and you know, I just thought it was going to, I thought it was going to hit. And I don't know if that's good, if that's going to be true or not, but it feels like, you know, why I, I probably wrote that was, or I mean, read that was because I always feel like, you know, we're living in the most technologically advanced time ever. And, and we have these lightning fast ways to get a hold of each other mm-hmm. through our phones, through our computers, through the internet. We have access to vast amounts of information that I didn't have when I was, you know, when I was a kid. You know, you can ask a kid anything now, a, a six-year-old, and they can find they can find out stuff that a doctor would, wouldn't have known in the in the '80s when I was a kid. Exactly. And, and well, whenever he, I have a tech question, I always ask a five-year-old. Right. <laughs> they seem to know the best answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but but we we have all this we have all this technology, but yet we still struggle with the same problems that they had, you know, that they've had we've had as humans forever. You right. know, like knowledge is you know just data. Uh, like the understanding it's like the difference between us playing basketball and michael jordan playing basketball you know he has he has he's taking that knowledge of how to shoot that free throw but he he has the understanding uh that's you know built through practice and repetition um experience you know from from blockers Mm -hmm. from being like someone trying to steal a ball from him Mm -hmm. and being you know uh fired off the team whereas like you know, we just have that knowledge. So, you right. know, the and I guess like the, the quote is basically saying, you know, the result, the difference is how you play basketball. Right. Like, <laughs> right. you know, the difference between us and him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny uh, because I think, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm playing softball this week. I'm, we're, we're having our first game and I just, they called me today and, they, and they're like, oh, our pitcher's out. So we need you to pitch. And I've never pitched a game before. I mean, I practiced in practice. I'll pitch, you know, and. And I do okay, <clears throat> but then like it's funny. Even in practice, I'll start missing the the the, the bag, you know, the home plate, and and it, it'll be like all of a sudden, like I can't buy I can't buy a pitch to hit home plate, you know. And I've seen people like that in, in athletes in the past, you know, like you know when the game is online, they cannot hit the free throw. They just need to hit two free throws to, right. to make this thing out of reach for the other team, and they just they cannot hit both those free throws. Mm-hmm. And it's like. It's such a mental game, and like you said, like Jordan, he got like to a point where where he didn't he didn't necessarily have to even. I mean, I think that maybe there was a confidence thing. There's like the neural pathways. There's a lot of things going on there that right. that, that lead to that success. Well, the subconscious mind doesn't understand what's called negation. So if I say, "Don't think of chocolate cake," 
That's all you're thinking of. Don't don't think of chocolate cake. Guess what the first <laughs> thing is? So if I'm standing at the free throw line, I'm going, don't miss that shot. Yeah. My subconscious mind is hearing, miss that shot, miss that shot. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, and yeah. yet it's very simple. You know, that's one of the things I tell. I just was uh, talking to a... a, a Oh, God, not a co-worker. What do you got? Colleague. Colleague. Thank you. I couldn't think <laughs> of the word. Okay. Whoosh. This is just going to keep getting worse every year, I know. Anyway, <laughs> I was talking to a colleague today, and she was telling me that one of her, co- her clients was calling himself a, sp- uh, a sponsor. No, a monster. And uh, and I was like, uh, and, and she was kind of like, you know, kind of at a loss what to do with him. And, and I was like, man, the first thing I would do with him is like, I would look that up. I, I'd, I'd get a definition of the word monster, and I'd read it to him. And... If you read a definition of the word monster, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna expl- it's not gonna tell you who this guy is, you know. And right. and they could and then and then maybe talk to him about about like the the power of words that we have, you know, oh, when yeah. we say things to each other and the way we we say things and the words that we use really affect like you know our our behaviors. I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh, studies that have shown you know you tell a group of uh, students uh, before they take a test, you know, the test is hard. It's gonna be really hard, and you tell the other group. Uh, you know, hey, it's going to be good. You you studied well. It's going to be easy. Uh-huh. There is a you know uh, there is a statistically uh, you know clinically significant difference in the way they score, uh, wow. and with all controls, and also like you know you just that negative self talk. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's yourself telling you things, and you know they say you know your words become reality. Exactly. They do have an impact um, uh, on just how you frame your mind because if you think something's going to be hard, you have the fear, the anxiety, like. You know, yeah. um, like, uh, like, you know, if you tell yourself this is a championship shot, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a championship game. I got to make this free throw or, you know, the other, Hey, I practice, you know, just try your best, you know, and the outcomes are different. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Same talent level, same, uh, you know, circumstances, but the way you perceive that in your head really makes all the difference of how your performance is, yeah. you know? I I love that man. I I think I I read or I heard about on a TED talk. Gosh, I'm trying to reach back in my head here, but it was like a, a control group of two of of two groups of kids where they were doing testing and they were they they ended up doing uh like they ended up having giving these kids like this extraordinarily hard test. And half the kids, no matter how they scored, they got half the kids and they said, "Oh my god, you did so good. You guys are so talented." And, uh, and, you know, kind of praise them, you know, like over the top. And then the other ones, they, they actually showed them their scores and they said, ah, you know what, next time you're going to, you're, you're going to do better. And, and the, the words that they used, and then they gave them another test, uh, like, a, you know, a, a certain time later and the, and the kids that they kind of like told that, uh, you know, you can b- get better at this and kind of encourage them. They're like, yeah, you know, it's no big deal. They ended up actually improving their scores on those tests, and the ones that the ones that, uh, that were told that they did better did worse on the test, because oh. because then they were just like, oh shit, like I can't do this now. Like th- these things are too, you know, I don't know what the answers are, and they kind of gave up. Right. That was kind of the the thing, and it's it's like again back to the words, how important they are, and and how they impact people. You know. Yeah. Well, I deal with folks all the time that have this. <clears throat> I call it a core belief. They were told or came to believe that, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. You'll never succeed. You'll, you're, a, you're all you are, you're going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. And most of them live up to that because that's what they believe to be true, even though 
it isn't. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it? You think it's something that um, that's just instilled with with them from somebody that they loved growing up, or? Well, my experience is that it is. Let's say a little kid is living in home and his mother and father argue and fight a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so that kid usually will interpret that through their own view as I'm doing something to cause it. Right. Okay. And so let's say mom and dad fight so much that dad leaves and they you know, get divorced. Well, now if I think I caused it, then I'm going to feel guilty and I'm going to think, well, then I got to fix it. Right. And then when I try to fix it, and of course that doesn't, it's not me anyway, but right. I, I try to fix it and it's, you know, it doesn't work because they still get divorced. Then now I think what I'm trying to do, what I do, I'm not, what I did wasn't enough. In short, I'm not enough. Right. And little kids then would just interpret that I'm bad. And that belief isn't something that they were necessarily told, although I've known lots of people that were told horrible things. Right, right. But but that belief becomes anchored, and that's their, what do you call it, their self-esteem, their self-perception. Mm. That's how they view themselves. And if they that goes in at an early age, so they don't have the cognitive ability to challenge it, yeah. think critically. So when they don't think critically, they don't challenge it. It becomes fact, even though it's distorted. It's not true. And then that can carry on into the, I've dealt with a lot of 30, 30 year old, seven year olds. Yes. Because they still carry the beliefs from those early experiences and traumas and whatever, but they carry that on into their adulthood, but they never challenge it. They believe it to be fact. It's true. Right. Right. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of a lot of times when I deal with people in addiction, or even other people, even just people in in relationships, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of the like the fuckets that oh, happen. Oh yes, and and that's to me when I, when I look at it as a behavior, it seems like so much. It seems like a like a re- reverting back to like a childhood type of thing, you know, like. Like I can't get it my way. Well, fuck it then. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna shut. I'm gonna shut you off. In in relation, it doesn't even have to be like in in a, a context of alcohol, but it uh-huh. could just be in relationships. It's like oh, I'm, that's it. I'm not. I'm not gonna communicate with you. And and that's what that's what you get for doing that to me. You yeah. know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of it's kind of messed up. What do you what do you think about like? Um, I mean, you've studied like the brain, mm-hmm. and and what do you, what do you think about like? Is, is there any? Do they have any kind of mapping out there? Because I've I've heard some stuff through them. Right. Uh, the, yeah. So they have like you know. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, they have like the kind of uh, current accepted theory, which is like the. Uh, you know how it was always dopamine, you know, the pleasure right. chemical, mm-hmm. but now they're seeing it, all the other neurotransmitters like acetylcholine, serotonin, GABA, glycine um, are all involved. And it's a complex mechanism. Like you have uh, neurons when they're, uh, you know, excited, they can either activate or they can inhibit mm-hmm. um, or they can modulate other, you know, receptors. And right. you're talking like billions and billions of connections here that all interconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, the main three mm-hmm. pathways, like you have, involved in like addiction is like the prefrontal cortex dystriatum and the midbrain Mm -hmm. so the prefrontal that's where you're that's your higher functioning right it's like the captain of your ship Mm -hmm. and like the striatum would be you know like uh the kind of the motivation um 
kind of a motivation like center in your head. Yeah. So, and then the midbrain is what creates this dopamine. Right. Um, to, you know, nucleus uh, accumbens, right. Right. Yeah. Which is one of the, the, the pleasure centers, nucleus right, accumbens. Right. And these, uh, in addiction, basically what happens in this loop is, uh, you have your uh, either the drug itself or the cues, and mm-hmm. e- cues themselves are can be just as strong as a reaction as a mm-hmm. drug. Like if you're getting loaded, like in your sister's bathroom, mm-hmm. um, like every time you go in there, you will get a rush of dopamine, and that's what they say is like a trigger. Yeah, and you know from there you. It's it's automatic. They say you know because you know how people say oh I I like went and I drank again. I don't even know what happened exactly. And that's because you know from your midbrain it's going feeding back to your striatum. What's supposed to happen is your striatum communicates with your uh, prefrontal cortex, the executive, and yeah. this guy is supposed to is you. He's making the the final decision. Yeah. He's and, the one that says don't eat those donuts. Right, which right. is called <laughs> I, need, impulse, I need one of those guys. Which is called impulse inhibition. Right. right? So like. But over time, when it happens in addiction, this communication to the prefrontal cortex weakens because uh-huh. we're not really using it because the the drug and the stimulus and the cues and the high are so strong that what's getting strengthened is, you know, you seeing it with your eyes, processing it mm-hmm. into your brain. It's going to your amygdala mm-hmm. and, your, and your hippocampus. And there, that's where the imagination starts, right? It's right. like, oh, uh, uh, okay, so you, you see this alcohol. Then you think, right. of, okay, the club, the party. The, uh-huh. the, the the girls or the guys, the the drugs that come with it. And isn't it funny, that. it's always the good things that you remember, right. not the time you wound up in jail or you woke exactly. up in the gutter or, you know. Yeah. Which is because that those things are the immediate rewards. And and uh-huh. that's why we only think of the, we're not thinking about the, the wife, the car, the jail, mm-hmm. the, you know, the hospital. Right. Uh, because those are what are the long-term consequences. And in addiction, we find that uh, it, it's like, a, uh, like we discount future reward uh we take the immediate over the long term uh-huh. like uh-huh. in studies they offer a kid you want one marshmallow now or you want two like an hour from now everyone will take the one now <laughs> yeah. exactly. that's true that's because the perceived like a value. marshmallow in the hands worth two in the bush <laughs> right that's, and they say that yeah. and, and, and like the, because the perceived value <laughs> is so high of that one mushroom it's not actually doesn't actually correlate to the actual value Right. And that's why, you know, with the, it, and this is codified and, and, and gamified into like, into like corporations use this against us. Like the like, lottery, oh, yeah. oh, the lottery yeah. telling us to take the lump sum right. over, over the, 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 the long thing. term. Long term is better. You get more money, but you, people will take that because it's right. the immediate dopamine hit. Yeah. And once you get that, you're, you're satisfied. And the thing about drugs is, and alcohol is you're flooding this. Mm. Uh, you're not just getting it like from walking down to the liquor store. You're actually getting oh, yeah. that rush when you drink. And so this loop is just, and as you keep, you know, we're using, it's like practicing playing tennis, right? right. You know, it, strength, it strengthens the program, if you will. Right. Yeah, and right, like right. Dean was talking the other day with me, it's like that, that neuronal connection goes from being a little dirt road to turning into like a six lane highway. <laughs> Super highway. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then there's no connection and to, or a very weak connection to your, cause you know, people say, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Right. But that's so weak. Like it's not going to overcome. Oh, yeah. This like. So you're basically like you because you can structurally change your brain and then functionally change it, too. And this happens. by your thoughts or by your actions. Right. Like right. your thoughts lead to the actions. And then by through repetition, 
causes reinforcement. Right. right. And then there's uh, like, you know, uh, John, you'd know like positive, negative reinforcement. I was getting ready to say, does the name Pavlov ring a bell? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. man. Exactly. And that's like yes, classical condition, conditioning. Exactly. Like, right. and, and in that, you have the classical conditioning and the yeah. operant. Yeah. And I was going to say that Vegas gets you on that very same variable reinforcement schedule. You know, you get a little payoff, you put the money in the slot machine, and you put the money in the slot machine, and then you get ding, 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 ding. Right. You get a little bit, and th- and that's enough reinforcement to keep you putting money in, even when you're not getting those dings. Right. And you know, you know I mean, I think I think the same thing goes for video games too. I think. Oh, that, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Like Instagram, video yeah, Instagram. games, porn, sex. All like of that. gambling. I don't know what you They're guys are all... talking about. <laughs> He's on his phone. Yeah, what are you? What are you? What are you talking about? No, sorry. It's like, and, and then in this world, like you know, as we're, and this is like, like wired in like mammalian brains, right? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, little, uh, like you know, when humans first started, just you know, uh, hunting, gathering, you know, we sought out emit like pleasure and we like avoided pain and this is the hardwired into us to seek pleasure avoid pain and back then it's food right sex for reproduction and then shelter and then you know avoiding pain is actually reinforcing because i did something that caused me not to hurt right so it actually is a you know well you hear of positive and negative reinforcement. Some people confuse negative reinforcement with punishment. Right. Because negative reinforcement is avoiding something oh, negative oh, or painful. Okay. So that's a reinforcement, you know. Punishment is where something like negative the, is inflicted. It happens too, yeah. Right. yeah. So like the positive huh. is, you know, you you if I drink, I will get high. The negative reinforcement would be I'm drinking to avoid the anxiety. Right. Yes. The ne- so negative like a consequence. Exactly. Right? Or to keep from going into withdrawal. Or, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why it seems like maybe heroin would be like one of the toughest ones to quit, man, because of that physical pull. And then you got the psychological pull going on at the same right. time, right? Because yes. we have natural opioids in our brain, mm-hmm. but it's like it pales in comparison to the amount people like put like I've as someone who's done opiates myself, like, right. you know, it is, you know, it's the one and only feeling, right. You, it's like, uh, you know, you, you, whatever feelings you've experienced before, mm-hmm. this kind of is just like, yeah. you know, you're just like, fuck everything else. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know, you like, know, you know, I've, I've had people on the show, like, you know, beautiful young girls, and they're like, you know what? I I put that thing in 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 my vein, and and I was like, I could have been on the back on the bottom of a of a dumpster, and I would have been perfectly fine with it for yeah. forever as long as I oh, could yeah. keep that feeling. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. And then over time, it's like you need more because of you tolerance. know the tolerance yeah. builds. Yeah, that's the that's the real, and that's where dependence comes in. Right. And then on the like dependence comes in, then it's like you can be dependent on something and then not be addicted to it. Right, uh, but then after you know the dependence over and over because of the nature of the drug, because right. it's like you withdraw and then you you take it to stop withdrawing. Because honestly, man, after like the first two or three times of like shooting up, yeah, you're not doing it to get high anymore. You're doing it to not be sick. Right, right, right. So like like John said, the negative reinforcement and then the positive, like you get two seconds of like relief and then yeah. you're just maintaining. Mm-hmm. But then it's like that cycle, and yeah. then you're boom, you're addicted. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. take that long. No. no. 
No, mm-hmm. especially with as powerful as they make these things, you know, like Oxycontin and right. these. You know, these and uh, now, by just another warning to everybody, they're putting fentanyl in everything. So yep. what you oh. think you're getting is not necessarily what you're getting. Even yeah. the the pills, like they're even putting uh, fentanyl in methamphetamines now. Yeah. So. It's like, it seems like counterproductive, but whatever. I thought that too. Apparently <laughs> there's a market for it. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's not funny. It's sad, actually. I, I, I'm, I have a you know, a few thousand people on Facebook. I, and like, I don't think a week goes by the last, the last six months where I don't hear about somebody dying. You oh yeah. Know? Uh, mm-hmm. Cause everyone, fentanyl. when you hear someone dies, uh, like everyone thinks, you know, an addict thinks this, like, who's that dealer? Like he has the best shit. You're not thinking about, Oh, I could That's die how too. messed up it's your messed mind. Up. Yeah. yeah. Like you're yeah. like, dude, I'm calling that guy. Now. Like I ain't right. calling like the guy I know. Um, That's this so... guy seems better. And it's, that's where you know you're avoiding these negative. Con- you don't. Right. You're not thinking of that. Right. Yeah. When you're in the middle of it, when you have when you when your mind is in that in that state, then it, that's exactly where your head goes. Like that yeah. is that's the guy I'm going to go get my drugs from if I can find him. And they say people with addictions are have such good uh, the ability to achieve a certain aim or goal. Yeah. Like, uh, people who have recovered, like they and now are leading healthy lives, they're just. They kind of carry that over. Well, think about the the, <clears throat> the drive and the motivation exactly. to seek out drugs, and your whole life comes becomes focused on getting drugs, using drugs, getting some more drugs. It's, right, it's be a, very goal oriented. It's a hyper focus, uh-huh. and like, and you know, if they say that you know, it it could be like a you know, when you are recovered and in remission, right? You yeah. just like you have a, you you have a good skill that you've learned that like they you know they st- <laughs> it's shown that like these uh, men and women they're just like they dog on it man they they can get, they can get shit done yeah uh, and, oh, yeah yeah it's i i think about uh, i think about the um the, my my ex-wife used to tell me like we would go we would go somewhere we'd be in a room 100 100 people in the room she goes if there's one drug addict in this room you will fucking find that guy and and you don't even need to say say anything but your my, my mind is mm-hmm. so messed up but so tuned in to what I'm, I'm looking for a guy that's a little bit sweaty a little bit maybe too skinny the type of clothes he's wearing all of that's going on behind the scenes without me even knowing it and me just end up you know, mm-hmm. with that guy in front of me and us in the bathroom yeah. about 10 minutes after that. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. So It's like Michael Jordan levels of skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? exactly. It's just like, applied to apply, a different, yeah. uh, you know, a different thing. Where's my championship right now? <laughs> <laughs> I got the Super Bowl of addiction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, John, what do you, what do you think about um, what, you know, like you're, you're facing when you deal with people that have addiction, like, you know, as a, as mm-hmm. a, a clinician, like what kind of like uphill battle are you dealing with when you're dealing with all this this uh, brain stuff? Well, that's just it. Uh, you know, it's really hard to fight biology with psychology. Mm. It, it really is. There are some ways to approach it. I think a lot of it has to do with how willing the person is or ready the person is to start fighting back. Okay. Because it it you know literally when it when you start it's 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 fighting with one or two hands uh, tied behind your back because it's almost impossible uh to override that biology as he was just saying once we can get into it there are things that we can use techniques we can use to help get that person 
doing things that are different. <clears throat> it's like we, what we have to do is to unlearn and replace some of this these reinforcing things with uh, an ability to fight back from it. Right. Uh, you know, that's what we call relapse prevention. Right. But you can't think your way <clears throat> once once yeah. once those biological <clears throat> triggers once once the alarms go off the the part of your mind that says you know I better call my sponsor or you know the part of my mind that says you know that probably wouldn't be a good idea to go uh, into the liquor store and buy that liquor because and then I'm going to drive and the last time I did that I ran into a school bus and killed 500 kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, but that part of my mind isn't there right. at that moment. So that's that's what we have to work with is is teaching. So, like person. to get there, I mean, uh, is is that why you think maybe treatment is should be part of the part of the? I mean, it doesn't have to be obviously, but like uh, it seems like that that seems like a perfect like piece to maybe break that that cycle at least and give you a little bit of an opportunity, give you some distance from the drug. Yes, well, I think that's one of the things that people need is to get some distance and space from the drug. Right. There are also, you may be able to speak more, better about this and I, than I, but there are medications for addic addiction treatment or what we call medication-assisted treatment yeah. that for some medication or for some drugs, it can help in terms of reducing cravings and oh, uh, I get preventing, preventing uh, relapse. That all said, I think a person is going to have to, not everybody will or wants to go into a, a rehab program where right. they're, you know, away for a period of time. Right. And for some people it's not necessary, but mm -hmm. they, it's more than just getting therapy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's developing a support network. Right. That will help you make sure that those times when you're not able to watch yourself, maybe you got some other people that are watching you to make sure you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think setting up those barriers by, by your support, you know, uh -huh. by having a good support system is, you know, paramount. It's super, right. super important. I, and I, I always, and I always say this probably, I probably said it on the show a dozen times, but I, I think in that first year, the reason I got, I, the, the, the reason that I got my, my first year of sobriety was, had nothing to do with my brain because it, given my given given my brain and the choices I was making, like I should have relapsed a dozen times, but I had enough people, good people around me, you know, that, um, that derailed those thoughts. And, you know, and I always say like, I heard, you know, God speak through all these people, right. you know? So yeah. well, it takes some, you can, it takes one, at least about one year. One year is what yeah. I was just going to say, uh, yeah. you know, to, to rewire and start that rewiring. Okay. To back to like you'll never be back to hundred uh, percent where you were before, mm -hmm. but you will. Uh, you know that's why it's like somebody that's two days uh, uh, from putting the bottle down is you know more. You know I'm betting on that person to drink again versus somebody with two years, twenty right. years, right. because yeah. that person has rewired yes. these hard connections. And you know John was just saying like. Uh, like this medication assisted treatment that mm -hmm. we have now, I think like with the models we've had, like we've come leaps and bounds, but we have a long way to go still, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, before oh, yeah. you, you just lock them up and throw the key away, right? They, yeah. There was a defective character, like they're, they're just morally bankrupt people. Uh, right. And it's like, 
for someone that's, you know, we, they say that, you know, people are drinking and using because of suffering. So the problem isn't drugs and alcohol, right? It's what's, what's causing that. Right. And, you know, like, and what are we doing? We're like locking people up and throwing them in prison. And, um, and, you know, because we don't know what to do, I think is what it comes down to. Exactly. And all our success rates, uh, are dismal. Yes. Dismal. Yes. And I think it's like, uh, everyone, it seems to think like they've got the gun. Right. Uh, if you just, some people are like, just say no. Just why can't you just stop or right. just change? Uh, like you're just being an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's people who are Been like, you that. know, just only therapy or only medicine or all, right. 12 step. But I think this is a multifaceted <clears throat> yeah, approach based in like, I think it, it starts with like getting to the roots, which is you know, where John's field comes in, like psychology. Yes. This was the most important thing, like getting to the root cause. Yeah. And, because and if I, you I believe in most, <clears throat> I'm stretching it a little bit here, but in my experience, in most of the cases of people that I've worked with who have developed an addiction problem or even other emotional problems, the root cause is trauma, yeah. right? usually childhood trauma. And it's to me, addiction is a solution that wound up becoming a problem. Right. So yeah. a lot of times people started using to cover up or cope with the pain, usually at a young age. Right. Somebody introduced it to them and they, I go, oh my God, where's this stuff been all my life? Right. It, it, that's the only thing I found that really works. Because it does work. It does video. work. It, it reduces the So feelings. I go back and I do it and then I do it and I do it. But then, of course, that. Right brings about another problem. Now I got two problems. Right. And then unfortunately, when we put people into a rehab, what's the first thing we tell them they have to do? Not use. Not use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So we, we take their one, number one coping mechanism away from them, which I understand, but we take that away from them. Well, what's the first thing that starts bubbling up? Feelings, all that pain, all yeah. of that trauma, you know, the memories yeah. and the feelings, and the and now their brain's wired to seek that out you exactly. Know? Like, they're not going to go to group and see me, John, or you, yeah, uh, Dean. Like, they're leaving, they're checking out, they're be like, right. Screw you guys, yeah. I'm out, right? right. Well, so, and that's you know, a lot of people can't stand it and they leave treatment or they leave and go out and use because they can't stand to the. the to deal with that. Right. right. In fact, they've spent most of their life trying to figure out how to avoid it. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that I've worked in residential treatment a few times and, and it's inevitably people are having sex in there. Now, no matter if they, if you have a co-ed facility or whatever, and, and it's like, uh, and, and it makes perfect sense if you think about it that way. You know, you, you, you know, you have these feelings coming back up. You have this, these traumas, you know, you're feeling bad. These other people are sharing this stuff. Of course, you're going to bond with them. Of right. course, you're going to like, right. you know, want, want to maybe explore some of those feelings of love that have been turned off for God knows how long, you right. know? And what's the closest dopamine like level of a rush? Exactly. To, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol. It's at the top of the normal scale. Yeah. Right? The normal yeah. dopamine. It's nothing yeah. compared, but yeah. it's the closest I got. I'll, right, I'll beeline I'll to it. that. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, and <laughs> and like that's where it's you know our our success rates. You know, we always you know you go to a financial advisor or a accountant or a doctor. You want to know the success rate of their treatment or their plan, right? <laughs> yeah. And so when you look at like our treatments and like uh, an addiction just across the board yeah. and how it's like five percent, yeah. Like and then and then you have uh, people who are very dogmatic. Uh, and they're uh, kind of like, it, you know, 
it's kind of like how psychology changes, right? Yeah. We have like Freud, Jung, and then peop- it evolves over time, yeah, yeah. right? It, it's not static. Right. But you have people because, you know, they, they think what their approach is is static. So then when the person relapses, they blame it on the, the uh, patient. Right. 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 Exactly. Instead of being like, hey, maybe we need to check out our approach and include, At least for this person. include some psychotherapy. Right. Like uh, maybe give them a job, mm. an opportunity right. for work. Well, and if it didn't work the first time and we keep cycling them back through the same thing, what's the definition of insanity? Exactly. Right. We're doing, doing the same thing movement. over and over again expecting to. And then when it doesn't work, we blame, like you say, we blame the patient. We don't right. blame the, 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 the program. And maybe the program does work well with certain people. I call this my fruit salad analogy. Yeah. Let's say you got a, a an apple program. Well, if you're an apple person, you're probably going to do well in an apple right. program but what happens if you're an orange or a banana right right you're not going to do well and unfortunately we don't have any way of determining and matching patients to programs and we don't have any way to really determine because unfortunately programs you would think in almost every other area that i'm sure that you've worked in in medicine and business whatever uh they they do a lot of measuring of outcomes right that's and, exactly right you don't you don't get that in most rehab treatment. You, right. know, you know, they don't look at their outcomes. They just say this did, that didn't work. They weren't ready. Right. And next, it's, it's a misalignment because uh-huh. they are going off. So for all like the, like, uh, talk, it's at the end of the day, you have to do what the insurance company will reimburse your facility. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Working in this field. It's like, if yeah. you're, if you're not following your diagnostic related guidelines and, Basically, that means, you know, for this, you know, cold, we're giving this antibiotic and that's how they're treating addiction because they've defined it, you know, the DSM mm-hmm. as like a disease. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think, I don't know if they've done that uh, out of science base or out of a business need to be able to charge insurance companies for it. And insurance companies will basically, like if, you know, John and I come up with something and like and, and Dean joins in and, you know, it, it has a hundred percent success rate. It's in a practical world, it's going to fail because they're not going to reimburse us mm-hmm. for treating patients like your insurance company, whether it's Medi-Cal and you're, it's paid for by the state or it's a private insurance. They're not going to you're not going to have because they don't recognize it. Right. Right. So right. it's like, you know, you, you have to do like evidence based stuff. You have to do all mm-hmm. these studies and yeah, prove that it works. Yeah. Right? And like uh, the thing is, even with the evidence based stuff that we have, like a psychology is like an ever changing field. It uh, and they have so much new stuff, uh, you know, like uh, for therapy, like uh, uh, contingency management, right. psycho right, CBT, right. psychodynamic therapy. None of that stuff's being used. No, like, and, no. and this is, and we're using like eighty-five percent are are ninety percent are using the twelve-step model. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, it's also they kind of just throw the book at you. And then, and then your the actual big book, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, the, and, the, and your experience depends entirely upon the your peers, right? Yeah. Like how good uh, uh, of an understanding your sponsor has, or the ones around you have, which is not really uh, okay. In, uh, you know, in a clinical setting, if I told you like, hey, you know, this pill might be like you know, cure your cold, yeah. or it might you know drive you off the fucking rails and kill you, like you're gonna be like, dude, like what am I taking? <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, because right. uh, uh, the quality of mm-hmm. the the recovery. Right. And so you don't have a professional like John come in there like because the thing is, it's 
it's just not recognized. Right. Like, right. And that's the like thing that they need the most <clears throat> is someone to talk to right. and have these there and someone that understands it like John. Right. Right. Like, and these people are oh, me too. Don't yeah. include me. Yeah, Dean. Include. Sorry. Okay, oh, okay thank gee, you. Thank I'm sorry. Oh God, I was feeling bad. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like we we'll, we'll we talk about that in therapy. Oh, thank God. Okay, afterwards. So this model, <laughs> this model that we have, like, while you know the successes are great, you know, I feel like you know, uh, we need to be more open. Yeah, yeah. and, and I think we could be more successful if we were willing to introduce and try things that are different. But you know, and. I'm not going to say unfortunately. I'm a I'm a huge believer in twelve step support groups. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, but the problem is, is twelve step support groups never were and never are. That's not that's not treatment. Although almost every treatment program right. developed around the they call it the Minnesota model, which was the Hazelden in particular, which right. was the based around the the twelve steps. So you go into rehab and it's Monday, so you're going to start working on step one and step two. Nothing wrong with what the concept of the steps. But right. It's a great concept. But what about if I have co-occurring depression? What exactly. about if I have co-occurring trauma? What if I have... All right. That's not going to get addressed. And certainly my sponsor, who's probably not a professionally trained person, is going to help me work through the steps as it should be, mm-hmm. and help me support me. But they're going to work on my trauma. They're going to work on my... Uh, you know, my, my abandonment by my mother when I was five years old and I've never been able to get past that or my right. sexual abuse by my uncle when I was eight. It's like, I think the people who are saying that they don't agree with like the 12 steps are trying to just throw the baby with, out with the bathwater, right? right. It's, it's not it's like, and or, it's both and. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So it's like you, it, when you're hungry, you know, you, you, you eat things that are nutritious, right? Right. That, and, and saying something doesn't work is basically saying it has no nutritional value, right. which I think is is uh, is kind of disingenuous, and it's doing a disservice yeah. to right. the person that needs help because the 12 steps, like, it's a framework for recovery. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's like a building, you know? Uh, you know, after, you know, when you, when you find a new technology – uh, you, you add on to the building, you know, you're, you're not, yeah, you're exactly. not fucking destroying right. everything and killing off this and like, add a new wing. Right. Uh, no? so, um, you know, it's oh. like you take the good and leave the bad. Yeah. And I think it'd be a good approach. We kept the good, you know, and, yeah. and kept that, but yeah. built on it. Definitely. I have, you know, a- you know, there is absolutely, you know, just throwing this out since it's kind of in the addiction treatment industry as a whole there is absolutely no definition or generalized agreement on what success is right yeah you know? right so so they can't even they can't even define what is success that you're you, one, know, yeah. you leave and you stay clean and sober the rest of your life or, or is it one year or, they, yeah 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 What's there's that? no right. yeah there's no definition of success that's that's really um that's really true and and you know and that's one of the, the, the best kept secrets is the, is the success rate, or I should probably say the failure rate in, right. in treatment right now. You know, it's like, I, I've heard it's anywhere between five and 10% that people will, will re, will make it a year, mm-hmm. you know, going, going through a program. And it also depends too. I mean, these different models, you have the, you have the 30 day model. If you can get in somewhere 30 days, which most insurance don't even want to pay for it. Right. And then you have like that, you know, 60, 90 days, and I think the further out you go, the more reinforcing you can get, the more protect them you can get <laughs> protecting people from themselves a little bit, you uh-huh. know. 
But you look at the you look at the the nurses diversion program, for instance, and I brought this up a couple episodes ago. Uh, and and the success rate is almost the opposite of what the normal success rate is mm-hmm. for a rehab. But that's because it's like it lasts either I think it lasts three years. Yeah. Where it's, it's for really medicine, some, it's five, right? What's that? For five years for uh, MDs, right? Oh, is yeah. it for five? I've, yeah. Worked yeah. With, I've worked with some or, physicians that extended. are in diversion. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can be extended. And some will self-volunteer to just stay on it because it works, right? Right. Like, um, and, it's about accountability. Right. So it's like, and you know these these men and women, like, you know, when it's it's not just the diversion for them, you know, you got to ask like, hey, a lot of them are attending programs like 12 step programs. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, you know, they need the therapy, too, though. Like, yeah, Medicaid and assisted treatment like is the next like right. uh, helper in this like field. And uh, it, you know, it changes your psychology. OK, well, you know? I, absolutely. I want to I want to I want to go into into the into the hot button topic of, okay. of, of this. What? What, how do you guys feel about like the uh, the suboxone, the, the subutex kind of thing? How how is it? Uh, do you guys do you guys perceive it as like a possible answer, or, or or what 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 are your thoughts on it? Well, all right. So let me first bring up that the resistance to medication assisted treatment, in particular opiate uh, replacement like methadone, but in particular now suboxone. The, the resistance, especially in the 12-step community, is so high that it makes it really difficult. I, I even know there, right. there, a lot of people that are uh, addiction treatment, substance use disorder treatment specialists, people who are working in the, in the field, many of them are in recovery, <clears throat> and they're very resistant because the belief is, is that you're replacing the drug with another drug right. and that you're not really clean. Right. I I think that's the most ridiculous thing from my standpoint, but that's what we're kind of up against now. As far you know, uh, as far as the the medication itself, Suboxone, Uh it does two things. You can speak to this probably better than me, but it it is a uh, anti craving medication, so it decreases the craving to use. It's a partial opiate replacement, so it's enough opiate to prevent withdrawal, but not enough to really get right. You're getting you get both loaded. the 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 blocker yeah. and the uh, actual opiate. And then right. Suboxone blocks, if not all, a, a ton of the other receptors. So right. if you were to actually use heroin or another opiate on top of it, it's going to block the uptake. So it's going to prevent you from overdosing and dying right they have a very high better than success uh, a higher success rate than just you know cold turkey right. suffer and then you know uh, uh recover through another means but you know when you have someone that's able to taper down because it's these withdrawals that yeah. like literally lead, it's the worst feeling in the world right um you know it's like it's it's funny because that that withdrawal is the worst feeling in the world i can't kill you but it's the worst feeling in the world. Wish you were dead, right? Yeah, and that's, like what, alcohol, that's what everyone always. Alcohol withdrawal can kill you, right? And it's like nothing compared to opiate withdrawal, like in terms of just wow. just pure misery, right? So psychological, psychologically. Misery. So it's like I, I, you know, I totally agree. Like they need that the uh, 
that little like taper down. You know, it's yeah, it's a little buffer to what get. What do you them. think about? I mean, I've got some colleagues that are prescribers, and they, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, some people can do the the taper over a period of time. There's yeah. No specific, There's no specific. It all depends and on. And then there are some people that that just can't seem to get off of it. That then like the people go, well, they're using it as a crutch. Well, right. I don't know. I don't know <clears throat> biologically whether there are people who are, cannot. You right, know, cannot Come stop off. taking it for you know even you know they can't taper off of it. I don't know. So the thing is, it's like it depends on the patient. So the point of a taper is to minimize the withdrawal symptoms to manageable mm-hmm. and slowly bring them down to you know baseline zero. Right, and uh, you can have people that do use this as a crutch. You know, and and that that's a provider patient relationship. A lot of people will lie. You know, and I've I've lied. I mean, like, hey, yeah, I, I need this. Like, yeah. and you know, it's like, all right, but then, you know, the doctor only has your words to go off of. Yeah. So, um, it's that, but you know, generally you, you go by the symptoms and the signs, right? Right. If, if he's fine and dandy or she's fine and dandy, like I'm going to start lowering the dose. Right. Right. You, it's the whole point is to get you off of it. Right. And, but again, like John was saying, like even there are some providers out there that'll keep you on because you keep coming back. You're paying the copay every time you come in. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these clinics are cash clinics. Right. right. Um, and you're, it's, it, it's a <laughs> it's perfect, a income. it's a business in this I've, country. I've read some stuff to where they were talking about, um, a, a really high success rate when they, they take like 18 months to come off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I think it depends on the, the actual case because you have some people who, have just been, uh, you know, uh, dependent on this for a little while. Yeah. And then you have long-term uh, uh, users. Right. And it's going to take them longer just because of the amount of dependence. Yeah. Um, right. Like the, the amount of sensitization, the sensitization they have in right. their system. So it's it's by a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I, I've, seen, I've seen people come in and out of rehab, you know, 10 times and then, you know, s- Sometimes they don't make it back. Sometimes they overdose. And I'm like, I'm like, man, if he would have been on, if he would have been on Suboxone, like if right. nothing else, it would have or, kept him alive. Right. The I, other one is, is Vivitrol or oh, is now, now yeah, which can now be give, given as an injectable that lasts about 30 days. Right. So, right. And it's used right. for alcohol to off-label yeah. use. Yeah. And off-label doesn't mean it, kind of, it means like it also works for, because it's right. blocking opiates. And like when you drink alcohol, it's, it's a, a indirect agonist of GABA, but yeah. also op- yeah, opiates. Like right. so, it so in, in layman's it's re- terms, just reducing the pleasure right. of the drinking. So right. you know, uh, and this is one of the one of the treatments for alcoholism now is something called the Sinclair method. Oh yeah, where you uh, an hour before you drink, you take this uh, the naltrexone, mm-hmm. and then you then they drink and they chart over time, you know, bringing down their alcohol consumption. Right. I right. mean, it like, works. Quite it works. Well. It works quite well because you know, yeah, people who drink like forty drinks a day. Well, we're we're back to that. We're well, back I to that. I, uh, I don't have that thing, feeling right? or need to drink another one, right? And that's that's the the whole key. And it's like a gradual tapering off. And right, if you go into an AA room, they'll shoot you dead for mm-hmm. saying that, that you're doing that, and, and they'll say good luck, right? Because for them, one one is too many, and right. a thousand is never enough. Right. right. I mean, I like I'm in AA, right? So like, um, I can see both sides. Right. Like I and 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 I think it comes down to the uh, case at hand, like the personal choice. Like for me, I feel like you know, a Sinclair method for me would not work. 
Right. right? Yeah, like, I even know. though it's great, it sounds fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can still drink. Like, but, yeah. like, you know, what I'm going to do is not take the naloxone. Yeah. Tell me you, too. Like, tell right. and, and lie to you about charting my drinks, and I'm going to keep <laughs> drinking it. And then, you know, like, a drunk yeah. is a drunk, right? Like, meaning, like, I, I'll just be like, yeah, I only had two when in reality I had four. Yeah. Like, the self reporting part. Right. Like, you have to add the multiplier yeah. whenever you talk to a doctor. You brought up a, a really good point, too, uh, which I think makes a huge case, especially with uh, opiates, to uh, uh, to get on a medication for addiction treatment. While they're in there and they're not using, while they're in treatment, mm-hmm. their tolerance decreases. Yeah. They get out. First thing they do is they go get loaded and their tolerances decrease so whatever they used to use now is too much right right and or they get a bad batch with fentanyl in it because but very but, easy. but they're not able to handle it and that that's why you see a lot of people who just get out they, they die they die yeah right yeah. they don't have that support so it's a right? the, the, yeah. the medication is also you know we're talking about you know the the two different philosophies is the one is total abstinence and the other is harm reduction right yeah and, yeah, and it's and like it's like I think it should be a both and, but again, the you, you know, got the abstinence people that are like really adamant about abstinence. I, you and, know, I feel like if if you're if you're doing suboxone and you're you're working your way into being and and working your way away from that criminal lifestyle, because usually when you're when you're doing heroin, you know, and you're you're in the middle of this like. This lifestyle, it's just not a really good lifestyle. And you build, you build yourself up, you, you know, in, in, uh, using Suboxone, you maybe get a job, you, you repair some of those relationships with your family. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, you're definitely building a life so that eventually, if you do want to come off of it, it's a little bit harder to go back to that old life when you have, when you built up this right. really good life around you. you and know? that's right. what they say is like the, like the best thing uh, is, you know, providing people with like jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, therapy coming back to their uh, like, like yeah. life, giving them something, another goal, yeah. something to live for. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, and it's like the, the medication is, is, you know, it's temporary. Yeah. Right. So the goal is, you know, eventually we're just tapering you so you don't withdraw. But like John said, the harm reduction model is something that they're using a lot now right. where, you know, it's like dosed, you know, dosed alcohol or dosed, uh, 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 suboxone type things and you know it's like for some people that works for some people it doesn't you right, know? right like so that's why i think it you know it, it's very important for the psychologist or the and the md to, like the team and like the counselors everyone like work together yeah mm-hmm. and be able to kind of like assess this guy or girl very individual it's right? a very individual it thing be, can't blanket right. everyone right? Right. right like for me you know it's like it's gonna be yeah dude dude don't give this guy like any boost, right? You know, and like, (laughs) we can't do this, right? But for someone who could work for, you know, we we can't like, you know, uh, deny someone of something that could potentially work for them uh, the best over something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know, uh, I I get, I, I have these weird, you know, I came up through through AA and and uh, you know the the twelve step groups and and so like I I totally feel I, I I felt a certain way about about those those drugs for a while and you know working longer and longer in the industry I, I I you know I just see that man I, even if it's just keeping them lo- alive long enough for them right. to like figure it out like you know that that's good enough for me that's a good enough right. reason like for me. John was yeah. saying measured result. How do we measure results? Right. Isn't that like you know, a, a good way. Like, are right. they still we alive? Yeah. Right. right. How do I know, you know, and I know that at least 
I'm a, a faculty member uh, trainer for the American Society of Addiction Medicine, and I train people on the use of the ASAM criteria and such, and so I'm real involved with ASAM. And I know their goal is to, uh, you know, improve and increase the the knowledge of of this. Uh, Certainly the, the, but, but the criteria, you know, has expanded so that it includes the what we call the psychosocial elements not just mm-hmm. the you know not just addiction or intoxication withdrawal there's the biomedical piece mm-hmm. and then there's the mental health piece but then there's motivation readiness to change there's relapse potential and continued problem potential and then i think most importantly what they look at is recovery environment right you know right. what 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 does this person have going for them and what's not going for them. I mean, yeah. if they're going to go home and th- there's no support or there are people in the house that are still using, right. that's not going to be a good right. thing. You know, going back a, to the same thing. Right. right. So yeah. they, they saw like Vietnam vets, right? Oh, I all, read about this one. They were doing like heroin and dope over <laughs> there. And they came back <laughs> yeah. here and uh, most of them just stopped. Yeah. 90% of like, them, right? Without, yeah. And it was like, wait, like they were junkies though. Yeah. Right, people say it's like no, they the environment, right? right? They came back to their wives and their husbands, right? And like their families and jobs, yeah. And so, like, they had something to like live for, right? And I was like, back to what John's saying, I think it's like so it's a, it's a multifaceted approach, like, yeah. you can't just drop someone off on the street after 30 days, like, go, like, okay, yeah, See ya, good luck, right. you're fixed, right? right. Yeah. And like, they're gonna have all the confidence in the world, and but then these cues and triggers, their brain's still wired the same way, right? And they don't have you or John and like around, yeah, to like, hey, like, talk to walk into your office, right? Yeah. So it's like, where they, I'm going to the bottle, like, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would even tell people, like, uh, especially if they were living with family, like, rearrange the room, you know, rearrange, uh, paint the walls, do something different. If you have to go back home and you have to be in the same place, make it look a little bit different. So when you sit down, it's the, the couch isn't facing the same way it does when the beer is sitting right there, right in front of you, you know, in your addiction. I mean, like... It, the littlest thing like that, environmental cues are, exactly. are important too. You the know? dopamine gets released immediately, yeah. like from those thoughts and uh-huh. cues, right? So right. it's like it's you've already kind of like relapsed at that point before right. you even put the needle in your arm or the bottle oh, to yeah. your mouth. Right. It's before then because like the you're just wired different now. Yeah, like it. You, it's like you can't like that's why they say you know the current model is a disease model. Because it's literally like, you know, Alzheimer's changes your brain. Right. You know, Parkinson's changes your brain. Addiction changes your brain. Yes. Right. So in in that way, it, it, you know, it is right. Right. Like you, like the, they said the gene Delta FOS B is like the one gene that's like. Oh, uh, they, I I know they've been, we've been talking about genetics for years, but I didn't know they've actually found one. They found like, it's the implicated like gene in addiction, like the one like so far. Right. Okay. Um, And it's like, that is overexpressed in people with addictive. uh, Okay. That's cool uh, to know. Addiction and alcoholism. And this gene is a transcription factor. So it's literally taking your DNA into RNA, into proteins and changing the structure of your brain cells right. and the connection in your brain between your brain cells. Hey, everybody, follow me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and wow. like, we're going to the party. Right. So this, this is, this gene is, is it's over, it's overexpressed. Right. And, uh, and it, from there, it's just getting strengthened. And, and so like recovery is about, 
you know, because over time it's like, you know, using a muscle, it's going to get big. And if you're not using or drinking, that muscle will shrink over time. And like, you can right. go back, uh, rewire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the whole concept of neuroplasticity and the ability for oh. the brain to rewire yeah. and change itself and update. I always call it updating the software. Yeah. 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 Like it's, they thought it, it stopped growing, right? At, at a certain time. No, like your brain continues to grow, like change and grow for your mm -hmm. whole entire life. We were just talking about that. And that's what I wanted to get back to. I, I, I was talking to you about it the other night about um, sometimes when you're going over something that, and you get this frustration level, it's like as an adult, I think sometimes, um, you know, to get your brain to, to become plastic mm -hmm. again, um, or, or to uh, what is it? it maybe, <laughs> malleable malleable that's where i was going with it yeah that's why you brought me in uh, here that's, that's, yeah that's i'm telling like, you yeah, right. yeah I, I need a young guy to come in here and, and, and <laughs> put me into shape but yeah uh, but I, I that's what i've heard i've heard you know to to for an adult to get a malleable brain we have to be constantly challenging it and maybe frustrating it and then it could release some sort of like neurochemical or something right that, like you have like vegf like ve ve vascular endothelial growth factor and mm -hmm. a, a bunch Say that of five other, times real fast <laughs> yeah, I was gonna know. Uh, but these like these are released during meditation okay right like aerobic exercise like a good diet um like mm -hmm. they say that's why people you know and when you challenge yourself right so, yeah, yeah. So learning something new that's right. why you know do you direct yourself to a different goal and now you're wiring and uh, yourself differently and and now you're changing this course and that's why um you know this is why just say no doesn't work right? yeah uh -huh. and then exactly. they, they they say you need to talk to someone to help you like walk through this like right. to get to ask you those questions of hey like with good techniques of like you know why do you you know and john can speak to this better than i can like the 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 psychological aspect yeah and and that has a way better success rate than just telling someone dude just stop yeah right well and you know that yeah that that i don't think that's ever worked yeah thank <laughs> you nancy history, reagan yeah in the history of of, of of it, yeah. Of addiction. You know, I like to also put out there, you know, one of the big philosophical changes that I've been promoting for a long time, and uh, I see it a little bit when it comes to, like, trauma-informed treatment. We need to start thinking about not what's wrong with you, mm -hmm. but what happened to you. Right. Right. Because when we think about what happened to you, then we see that your behaviors and your thoughts and your feelings were all a result of co trying to adapt and cope with those things. And so at one point drinking or using was adaptive. Mm -hmm. And then at another point, what was adaptive became maladaptive. Right. But it all makes sense in the scope of what happened to you. You're not, you're not sick. Even though we say it's a disease, you tend to think of it as I'm sick. No, you're not sick. You're, you're hurt. Yeah. You're suffering. You're, you're, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I wish we'd get more of that going. I think that that kind of approach to treatment as opposed to the old approach, which is kind of confrontational and in mm -hmm. your face and, you know, that belittling that, and it, shameful. Yeah. It, and yeah. it's still, I know it's still going on. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, over, people aren't adapting to new, these new, uh, techniques. Yeah. And, and it's like the providers, like the, 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 the psychologists, the, the counselors are kind of also in between a rock and a hard place. Because right. even if they did want to, do some of these proven uh, new approaches, they 
are not going to be reimbursed for it. Right. To, right. And, and like, you know, you have to keep the lights on at this facility. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the insurance simply doesn't pay for it. Yeah. Like it, and it's, it's a game. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's why it's like, they kick you out after 30. You know? Uh, you know, like I work with, I work with a bunch of therapists and, and it's like, uh, you go and read their notes and it's like this very, like, um, <laughs> it's very like spelled out what they did. And then you go and you go and talk to them a lot of, a lot of times. I'm not going to say every time, but you talk to them a lot of times. And, and I'm like, I'm like, are you, how are you, how are you, you know, approaching this? How, you know, your notes said this and they're like, oh, we didn't do that. We, I'm like, what do you mean you didn't do that? I'm like, well, if I if I took put in put down the stuff that I'm doing in in this in the therapy session, you know, that we we're not getting paid for that. We can't get paid for right. that. So, so it's like, what do you do? There's, there's what I did, and there's what I said I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, oh man, it's 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 so messed up. But that's kind of the world we live in. That's the the beauty of private pay. Like, if you work in private pay, you can kind of do a lot more. You have a right. lot more freedom. You, I mean, know? you need ten million dollars for that, right? <laughs> Exactly. It's like things don't work. It's like, how come you didn't uh, solve 30 years of problems in 30 days, right? And we yeah. get mad at the therapist. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, their hands are tied. Yeah, right? oh, like, totally. So, you know, and, and the old way they used to do psycho psychotherapy, psychodynamic therapy yeah. was like, it was a daily thing. You'd be there for several hours, you know, and who the hell is, there's no insurance company in the world that's going to no, pay for that. No, you know? no not anymore. No. I wanted to read this one quote, damn it. I don't know if it makes any sense at this point, but I'm going to read it anyway. Well, you go right ahead. It's about self-awareness, um, and uh, you can define it as an intimate understanding of the normal subconscious factors that motivate you. These factors include not only your passions and your fear, but also your limiting beliefs and all the ways your past traumas, big and small, are affecting your daily life. It's only when you make these normally subconscious pieces of your self-conscious that you can start doing the necessary work to change them and finally get out of your own way. I, I, I think I wanted to read that quote because um, I feel like that's the piece, that's the piece that, that psychotherapy kind of, kind of can bring out because yep. I think that you can go into, you can go into the 12 step stuff and you can really like delve into it and, and, um, and work through a lot and you can probably make your, your life work really, you know, like, function but i think until you do, do that digging like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier in in the, those past traumas you, you're right. you're gonna always be kind of like you know you could always hit a pitfall you could always just hit you know like, be walking through life and just boom go down go down this rabbit hole and not even know how you got there sometimes right. exactly you know and um, it's like who you do it with too right you want someone who has experience and and the knowledge uh absolutely a, like a psychologist like i'm not gonna get like my oil chains at Jiffy Lube, right? right? Unless I want serious problems. Like they, <laughs> people can make things worse. You right, know? right, right. Jiffy Lube is going to sue us now. Yeah. But go ahead. I was, I was thinking, I was, I was, I was waiting for the lawsuit. <laughs> I, it's okay. I have a disease. I'll, Cease and desist. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but like, yeah. So I think you know you need like a professional to guide you. D E A N for those of you that are prepared. <laughs> I'll go ahead and put my phone number in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Before we we're already at like a, a, an hour fifteen. This happens every time. Every time this guy comes on the show, we're, we're you know the, it goes like that. Um, we're at an hour and fourteen right now. So, um, but I did want I did want to do one more little session here. I wanted you to do some of your magic. You okay. Know? Well, let's 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 do it. And this would be uh, an idea of there are some new methods, uh, some which I've been talking about or demonstrating that are very effective and efficient and uh, they work very quickly and don't require years and years of therapy to uh, get quick 
and permanent results. And that sounds pretty bold, but it it's does. true. So what would you like us to uh, I, accomplish? I don't, I don't know. I want you to fix him. How about that? Oh, I'd be happy to. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Right on. Let's do it. What, what, well, okay. So uh, what would you like to fix? Um, everything. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, okay. That's a big, that's a big one, but that's okay. We'll start there. So if we could make a significant difference in how you think, feel, or, you know, in your life, what do you have a sense of what you would like to, all right. To um, how about like someone that, uh, like including myself that let's say that, you know, you just, uh, are letting go of like the past. Oh, Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm being okay. able to just let that shit go. Okay. Well, you know, we were talking about what getting the mind in a, in a place where it's receptive to be able to be malleable. Right. So the first thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm seeing you with your mind in its optimal state where it's working a hundred percent. You got a great mind by the way, but Thank you. you know, uh, I'm seeing it and I'm seeing your mind in a, in a relaxed state where it's calm, where you're present, where you're focused, where you're this stuff that had been troubling you is no longer troubling you. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. That's what I'm intending for mm -hmm. you. Is that okay. Okay. So if we think of a, <clears throat> your mind working in this optimal way, if we were to come up with a color that represents your mind working in this optimal way, what, what color? Red. Okay. Perfect. So all I need you to do in your mind's eye, think red. And as you do so, take in a deep breath. That's right. And as you exhale, as you've already done, just let your eyes close, just let them rest. And you don't have to do anything now, but just notice your breathing. And notice, as you notice your breathing, that on its own, your breathing gets deeper and slower. And as your breathing gets deeper and slower, you may find yourself, as you are, sinking down in your seat a bit. That's right. And as you sink down into your seat a bit, you may begin to notice as you drop down into your center, you may become aware of certain physical sensations, tingles, twitches, vibrations, and such. And if those are happening, that's fine. That's just your mind beginning to update and shift energy in the direction of what we're intending with red. That's right. And then just as quickly as you went down, go ahead and let yourself come back up and open your eyes. Perfect. Now, just in that little brief period of time, what do you notice? Just my, I'm just kind of more calmer, calm. quieter. Yeah. Exactly. So like, this is your natural state of mind or your neutral state of mind. Now, there have mm -hmm. probably been times when you've been here and okay. there have been times when you've been far away from it. But from this neutral place, that makes your mind a lot more receptive to the mm -hmm. other things that we're going to do. Uh, and you don't have to worry about it because I'm going to do it. You don't have to do much, but just do what you're doing and, and just sit there. Um, I'm going to need to come over there by you. So it be, might be closer to his mind. Okay. Oh, hang on your your your, uh, your headset. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, as you scan through your personal history from childhood to present, and you said there are things that had been kind of haunting you or troubling you from from your life, is there an event or experience that stands out or comes to mind that still haunts you or troubles you the most? Yes. Okay. Now. This will be a little interesting because I don't need to even know what it is. I just need you to know what it is. Okay? Thank God. I call this the movie in your head. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, and this, all I need to know is, was this something that happened recently or earlier in your life? Both. Okay. So both. Okay. That's fine. So uh, look at me. 
these are birthday candles. What color do you want them to be? Red. More red? Okay, yeah. you're, you're a red guy. Yeah. Okay. So all I need you to do with your eyes is just follow the candles. Perfect. You did very good. Now, there was a time when you were outdoors in nature and you came upon a scene that was beyond beautiful where you felt peace and excitement, uh, maybe a sense of awe. Does one stand out or come to mind? Yeah. What is that? Uh, being in, like, the forest. Okay, so the forest. When I say, what's this over here? You go, the forest. You yeah. got to say it that way. What's this over here? The forest. That's right. One more time. The forest. One more time. The forest. All right. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take that movie of the follow my fingers i want you to take that movie of that experience and but i want you, want you to break it up into six film clips you got first of all you got that movie in your mind right mm -hmm. now okay now when you watch it on a scale of one being not much at all ten being really strong uh what is the emotional physical reaction when you watch it Give like a four okay so well, i'm going to get that down to zero is that all right okay okay what's this over here the forest okay so what i'm going to do is ask you to watch each film clip separately here's clip two here's clip six here's clip one here's clip five here's clip four and what's this over here the forest here's clip two here's clip three here's clip one here's clip four here's clip five here's clip six what's this over here the forest one, two, three, four, five, six. What's this over here? The forest. Over here's a big screen. On the screen is a are the film clips. Behind the screen is a bright light. As it gets brighter and hotter, it dissolves the screen and whoosh, film clips are gone. Now, this will be really interesting. I want you to watch that movie one more time from beginning to end mm -hmm. in as much detail as you can. And notice when you watch it, something will have changed. Interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. What do you what, what what's that number now? Like a two. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's almost there. It's probably shocking that it went. It's like more details. Yeah. So now what I want you to do is try as hard as you can to cause it to go back up to a four mm -hmm. or even higher. Try. Okay. Try. All right. Be harder. <laughs> can't right no not really okay there you go so and my guess is that it will start dropping from a two down to to zero because there's no more energy put into it because there's nothing to put energy to i just <clears throat> updated your software okay okay so i can't change the facts of what happened now you notice you might be able to remember more detail because you're not feeling the emotion behind it it just becomes sort of a some people even say it's more like a black and white movie or it seems more distant. Mm -hmm. you know, so you may notice some changes to how that works as well. Okay. So, uh, but what, what I just did to you was a thing... It, it kind of, okay, uh, for everyone out there uh, that, <laughs> that's listening, is there was a, like a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, he had his fingers up and he was kind of following, you know, he, he was having to follow, follow his fingers and doing a lot. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of EMDR. Well, yeah. And, and, and a lot of people would suggest that because it does involve eye movement. Right. So I, I think there's something to the eye movement that has 
does do something. Uh, I know it has I mean, a lot I've, more. Well, I've been trained in, in clinical hypnosis as well. And I know okay. that one way you can induce trance is by causing rapid eye movement. Oh, okay. So eye movement is very important. Look at him. He's real trancy over there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is this like associating like something peaceful, tranquil, you know? Well, what, okay. Like so when you're, what you're, I just he did wants was, to hear. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. It's, it's called memory reconsolidation. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so memory reconsolidation, and there's a lot of, this is a neuroscience thing. They, in fact, they were able to first cause it by uh, putting some chemical in a rat and the rat's brain, dis- the memory dissolved. It didn't, didn't, I can't remember what it did, but so implicit memory is, something that you've experienced that you've learned that has emotional content. And so it's like, so that movie in your head, you probably have lots of movies that movie in your head was there, but it's not like on the front page every day. Right. Mm. So what I had your mind do your subconscious mind was to recall an event or experience. Notice I didn't tell you which one Mm. your mind called up the one that it thought would be most useful. Mm. There are probably other ones, but you may even notice now that we've cleared the energy on that one, there may be other things now that you're thinking of that have also cleared up. Mm. So we didn't have to cover every single thing. Your mind now will generalize and start cleaning out the closet, and there'll probably be several things that will clear up. But anyway, so we brought the memory forward, and then I gave you a different experience with that memory. I created the, I scrambled the movie up. Plus we added the, uh, the scene with the, 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 the forest. Right. That wasn't in the original movie. Right. Plus your mind was in a calm, receptive state, which mm-hmm. it wasn't during the original experience. So what we did in, in memory reconsolidation, one of the most important things is to create what's called a mismatch experience. Okay. Where the, old memory and the new version of the memory are not, they don't fit. So your right. mind, your mind has to decide which one. Right. Okay. So I don't know this for a fact, but my sense is, is that what happens is that the old software program dissolves and we just reinstalled or updated it. So we've mm-hmm. got a new version of that. Okay. So try it now and try it. Right. Because now I'm thinking of the forest when I'm thinking of this. Isn't that interesting? Right. You know? Oh, God. Isn't John. That I... interesting, Dr. Smith. Oh, Get out of my head, John. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I try, you know... try, try to make it go back up. Try to. Try no, to like, the, it, that's it, like. It, it can't, right? That's, that's awesome. So that's the cool thing. So it's that's what we call transformational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. As opposed to if I said, well, when you remember the bad thing, or, you know, just say, you know, give yourself an affirmation. I am good. I All am, right. you know. Which might work temporarily, but it doesn't change the the, the, the program. It doesn't right. transform it. So and that's interesting because a lot of like, it, and they call them like flashbulb memories, mm-hmm. uh, like bad stuff. Like we all remember where we were on nine eleven. Yeah. Like uh, and like when JFK was killed. Like if you know oh, if people remember, not me, but, but yeah, yeah okay. like none of us. But yeah, I do. <laughs> do you? Really? But like I remember it. Exactly. So it's like oh, the wow. strength of certain memories, right? Like uh-huh. when, like when I was saying earlier, like your sister's bathroom, like where you used to like get loaded. Right. Like right. it's so strong. And uh, John was saying, you know, how like one thought, uh, like in your past, like trauma, yeah. like when you're a child, like some things might have happened to you. And then you associate everything with that moving forward. And I, what I've he used just some did, of these techniques also to uh, eliminate cravings. Okay. 
So it works really well. So yeah, it, 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 right. it I've worked. So you're like making that, like that, that, that super strong, like negative, like event mm-hmm. memory in my head. I'm going to take his and fucking you're class. Like, you're taking it from doing. like nine, eight down. You better. Right? That's, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> See, this is like what we need. Totally. Right? I told right. you, man. I, I was telling like, you, yeah, we, when we were talking earlier, I mean, and, and it, it's like, you can't go to most, I mean, you, this isn't something that every therapist knows about. Right. So you go to any therapist and you say, hey, can you do memory reconsolidation? And they're going to look right. at you like, what the heck? Right. You know, and, you know, I, I made up this, this this whole birthday candle thing, but, you know, when a, the foundation, and as I mentioned earlier, of a lot of this stuff came from, uh, it's called rapid resolution therapy. A guy by the name of Dr. John Connolly is the creator of that. And I trained huh. under him for many years. And, you know, I've been doing this for like 15 years. So I started to kind of venture out and kind of create some of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But his is still, his stuff is still the foundation. So cool. And it works so well you know what's funny is that uh, uh so the beautiful amanda uh she uh she had taken a class with him and she he, she he had done some of this with her and she had the same thing she was just like and all i kept thinking about was whatever it was it wasn't the forest for her it was something it was something else like the beach or whatever right. and she's like i kept so that when you said it right now it just reminded me of what she, she was like wow it's like it's weird that he took something and I, I could barely remember what it was to begin with. And right. All I could remember was this beach. Right. Or whatever. And it's like, I, you know, I guess over time you like practices just gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, see it, 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 if we'd have had more time and it probably wouldn't have been appropriate to do here, I would have asked you if there was still any energy remaining. See, we dropped down. There was still little energy. I was just thinking it'll probably just go away on its own. But I could have asked you, okay, so now when you watch, you don't have to tell me, but when you watch the movie, is there a particular part of the movie or something that you're telling yourself about it that still holds on to some of that energy or carries that energy? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's the event or experience that it was traumatic that carries all of the energy and so it just clears up right sometimes it clears up pretty well but then there's other stuff attached to it like guilt like shame right that's what i was gonna say you know and then carries on maybe another event so then i have to pull out i got a few other little tools in my toolbox oh yeah you gotta do the shame stuff i can pull pull out the guilt and shame (laughs) stuff i'm not gonna do that now but 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 so sometimes i'll go on then i'll do another couple of things until because my goal is to get it down to zero Mm -hmm. right it's like you'll appreciate this i mean uh i i got this uh, new insurance and I had to get a, a new dentist. So I'm going down the list of providers and I had to find this new dentist. Uh, and of course they were all full. Nobody was taking new patients. And I finally got to this one and I called the office and this kind of kind old man answers the phone and, and uh, he says, hi, this is Dr. So-and-so. And I said, uh, Oh, I said, that's I'm surprised he answered his own phone. Right. And I said, I am I got this toothache. I need to get in to see a dentist. Can you? He says, oh, come right on over. He, oh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. So I go on over and I walk into the office. And, and it feels like a joke. It is. <laughs> and this, 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 this guy, this, this dentist, this old guy in white, you know, white coat and whatever. He comes out and he says, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. He says, I've been, I'm, I'm really glad that I've got an opportunity to help you. You're in the right place. 
Mm-hmm. He says, come with me. So he takes me back to the exam room. He, you know, starts looking around. He says, so what's the problem? And I said, well, I got a toothache. And he kind of looks around a little bit. And he goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, and I said, oh, okay. So he says, okay, so here you go. And he wheels up this tray full of instruments and dental manuals and whatever. And he said, okay, you can do this. What you have to do, you have to follow all of these things in the book. Here's the tools you're going to need. You know, I'll be in the other room. If you need anything, I'm here to support you. You, you just, you just have to ask for help. He, I didn't know he was the self-help dentist. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it sounds a lot like the industry I work in. Exactly yeah, right, no, right, so, absolutely, so, man. You know, so when you go to the dentist, what do you want the dentist to do? Be a dentist, fix your <laughs> yeah. mouth, heal your pain, yeah. right? make your pain go away, right. right? Absolutely. So when you go to a therapist, what do you want your therapist to do? Therapy, make your pain go, go away, away. Yeah. right? The quicker you can do it, doc, the better it's going right. to be, and, yeah. you know, and make it go away. But most therapists aren't trained that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm trying to make it go away and make it go away quickly. Did you notice that you didn't even have to tell me anything about what it was for me to make that happen? Right. That was a cool part because then, you know, it's like you can, you know, work with, you know, some people. Because a lot of people, like myself included, just a lot of things we don't want to talk about. Exactly. Right. You know, and the fact that you don't it would make people like more comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Like, And yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm down to do this. As right. opposed to being like, hell no, I'm not saying, I'm not opening up. Like, I'm not going to tell people that's anything. Exactly. Right. Well, and that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, if, 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 you know, fortunately there's just one of me, but if I could get with a person in the early stages of their recovery or treatment and we could clean up those traumas and other things that are the guilts and the mm-hmm. shames and all that, if we could clear that up, don't you think that's going to give them a fighting better right. chance of staying clean. And oh sober. yeah, for sure. Big time. Right. You know, it's not, it doesn't guarantee that they're not going to drink or use, but it means that if that Anything, was one of their right. big one triggers. Trigger. Yeah. Right. Like that's what I'd removed. like to do, you know, just be able to kind of list out like, Hey, these are all what we can do. This is what's available to you. Um, and okay. Like you need this, uh, uh, John. Okay. Dean is like your therapist uh, for this, like your mm-hmm. counselor. You, Dean got, does the podcast. We got this guy. <laughs> we got this guy. This girl. They, these are your doctors. Dean, I'm going to teach you this stuff. You, you now uh, that you know about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've only got a few months left to, to, to learn it from yeah. you. So well, I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not going to die. I'm just going to no, retire. No. So you know. So I got to move I'm, to Indiana. I'm, well, no, I, I, I think they, <laughs> they, 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 they invented these things called airplanes. Oh, well, know? that I so can you go. Just, you just have to make you well, you can come to me or you can maybe if your son doesn't go to one to of the games maybe i can go there that oh, weekend oh, that, possibly that's possible you know? <laughs> man we're here an hour and a half oh, Did, i i'm i know that i know that the uh that the um the, the department that pays for our time is going to kick my ass but i don't give a shit because this was a great show you guys are freaking awesome. I love you. both of you guys. I wish that uh, you guys had your own show. That's what you hey, should do. Hey, there we do. go. I, I love that. Thanks I mean, for having me on. Yeah. Dad, thank you, John. Oh, you're welcome. I learned a lot today. That was cool. I'll send yeah. you my bill. I got some free you therapy. Seen, you haven't seen my book free? free? You haven't seen my bill yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going he's gonna to get drafted. Send it to Dean. Yeah, send it to Dean. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to move. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, let me see. Uh, John, how do they get a hold of How does our audience get a hold of you? Oh, my gosh. Uh 
okay, uh, here's the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, is for now uh, is to uh, contact me. I've got a Facebook page that oh. you guys, uh, I, it, it's for counselors, for therapists, for people that are students in the field. It's called Become a More Effective Therapist. John yes. Smith, and it's a Facebook page uh, that's got almost twenty thousand members. I'm one of them, and uh, no, doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you can be connected with uh, therapists and counselors and folks in this field all over the world, including and, myself. And uh, what I've got on that uh, particular page is a link to some uh, an online course that has uh, access to some. Uh, some of this stuff that I just did tonight, if you're interested in it. Yeah, I, I go on that actually all the time. I, I'm always looking on there. It's a, actually a great resource. A lot of people post, a lot of therapists and counselors post on there and ask questions or, or have, or just, you know, or, or say yeah. things. And, and like, it's a great, it's a great it, little form for it's me. It's not a place to go get therapy. So if you're, no. if you're looking for somebody, don't, please don't, don't go there for that. It's right. for, you know, basically for people in the field, professionals to share resources and ideas and techniques. And yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's been really, really yeah. helpful for me. I, I'm, I'm forever grateful you told me about it. Um, so that's the best way to get a hold that's of you? That's probably the best way to get a okay. hold of me for now. And uh, I guess if they can get a hold of you and say, I, I can really be your need manager. to get a hold of him. Right. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Charging 40%. That's all. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and on it. I said it right. Oh, yeah. Uh, see, he he did some therapy on me earlier, so I got it. But uh, do, do you uh, do you have a way of people getting a hold of you? Do, no, you, do yeah. you need anyone to get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, my email is d r a n a n d u m at gmail dot com, or just go ahead and text me eight one eight two nine two four zero nine four. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I like to talk to people like in person or on the phone, uh-huh. uh, and you know, get personal. Um, it's you know, whatever. Yeah, and you're you're kind of coming up with uh, with a plan to possibly open up a treatment center. Yeah, in like your that's, future, that's, my, that's my next project is to, to delve into this and I'm like, uh, I guess be. So if you uh, got any orchestra. VC money that's going to go, oh yeah, that's uh, uh, can text Dean's you. podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I want I'd like to orchestrate this uh, a coming together of you know people like you guys um, who get this. And you know, have a multifaceted approach. Well, if you need a highly paid therapist consultant, uh, right? Let me know. I, we, we do a figurehead. And, I can and, be a figurehead. And the goal is yeah. to, <laughs> the goal. The goal is ultimately to affect changes. Yeah. Like, um, you know, yeah. I like you know, reunite people with their families, their jobs, like who and to who they really are. Right. Like you know, like in the, you find yourself like the uh, your authentic self and like John's mm-hmm. book, but like yeah. you know, that's one of the like the goals is to to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. It's, um, and, and that's what I w- would like to do. It's like, uh, not just have people in this hamster wheel. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I want to introduce, like, it's all about connections, right? Introduce right. somebody to, to Dean, to John. And then, and and then measure our, the outcome so you can show way. that it's actually doing something. And then that, Right. Then know. that way we can build on, on that, yeah, like what exactly. we were talking about before. I, I don't think it's just about like solving a, a problem, right? No. I think it's about uh, fixing that, but then t- rocketing them into like the next dimension oh. of making their life better. Like, like, hey, let's work on like, you know, bringing your kids back into your life, right? Like, right. not mm-hmm. just getting you sober, right? That's like, that should just be like the beginning or not just to get over your depression, but to actually make you happier. Um, right. and, and those results would be measured by 
like uh, you can actually measure those results. You know, you like lose weight or you gain muscle or, right. you know, you, you, you know, you, you meet yeah. uh, the love of your life or things yeah. like that. And which I did. And, and, <laughs> right. See, like you follow Dean, but right. that's, that's what uh, I think this is all about, you know? Yeah. So, dude, you guys are so awesome. I'm telling no, you, I appreciate I had, the opportunity. This is definitely, definitely hands down best show yet. So, um, if you guys want to get a hold of the show, uh, please, you can reach out to us at the Terminally Unique Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to the Facebook page at the Terminally Unique Podcast. You can go to the IG, which is Terminally underscore unique underscore podcast. Uh, please, uh, you know, rate the show, download the show, tell your friends, bring a friend, come on the show. I don't know, whatever. Email me something. Um, I, uh, I definitely really love doing this show and I love, I love, uh, learning stuff every night. I'd love to hear your comments on this. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, it's going to, this one's going to, this one's going to hit home big time. Thank you guys. I love you both. You you guys for coming. Thank you. Um, okay, everybody. So say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.